This is the Author Archive podcast. I'm David Freeman. Today, Sophie Kinsella. When I met her for this conversation, she had written three books about Becky, Becky the Shopaholic. In book two, she'd moved to New York. And strangely, when she came to be interviewed, uh, Sophie had with her lots and lots of packages. She'd been shopping, but that was just quite nice. Anyway, the third book, Shopaholic Ties the Knot, obviously it's about getting married, so I rather cheekily asked Sophie Kinsella, uh, are you married? I am indeed. Was it a big event? It was. I have to say, it, um, it kind of got bigger as it went along. You know, I was your classic bride who starts off going, well, you know, we just need something small and simple and we won't go overboard. And these things take on a momentum of their own. And you just find yourself spending more, getting more stuff going on, hiring trumpets, getting a bigger dress, inviting more and more people. We actually lost count of the number of people we invited in the end. So it, it did kind of get bowling along and turn into something quite big in the end. Bit like the book then? Bit like the book, yeah. Well, I mean, not quite in that league, let's face it. Do you have a joint bank account? I do, yes. <laughs> does that work well? It does, yes, thank you for asking. <laughs> Your voice has gone up a it's couple gone a of registers. It's gone a bit high, hasn't it? And I'm wondering if my husband's watching this. <laughs> I asked that because the book starts with um, your heroine, Becky, working out how to run a, a how joint... How to run a joint bank account, yes. Well, she's, she's got her man and they're living together in sort of in bliss. Not wedded bliss yet, but in bliss. Um, and they've, they've taken the decision to open a joint bank account. But Becky Bloomwood being Becky Bloomwood, this is sort of trouble time. So, um, so she, in fact, resorts to a few clever tactics, one of which is spilling tomato ketchup on the joint account, <laughs> another which is spilling Tipex on the joint account. So her poor husband gets the statement and can't actually see what she spent. And I, I like the idea of sending chocolates to the bank manager so that her spending could be just a little secret. Yes, exactly. Yes, she hasn't quite got the idea of what a joint bank account is. She kind of wants to hive off her spending and just sort of keep it in the dark. So she's trying to sweet talk her lovely bank manager, as, as is her way, really. Has her spending moderated over the, over the books? Has, yes, it has a bit. I mean, it's got, in this book, it's sort of channeled, really, into the wedding. She still spends, but she's not getting into trouble in that way like she did before. She's getting into trouble in other ways. Um, so although she'll always be a shopaholic and adore shopping, this book is actually less about her getting into debt and running away from creditors and more about the complete fiasco, which is her wedding. Yes. Um, let's look at the cast of characters. Let's look at her future mother-in-law, for instance. Oh, my word. Let's look at Eleanor. Eleanor is, is something else. She's your very grand, very uptight New York lady who wears head-to-toe Prada and drives around in limousines and has never really been a great fan of Becky, and Becky's never really been a great fan of hers. And a lot of the book is about the tension between Becky and her future mother-in-law. I mean, she's horrendous, Eleanor. She, she does things like she organises a so-called engagement party for Becky and Luke, but Becky isn't on the door list, so the bouncer won't let her in. <laughs> what is Luke's calling in life? What does he do? Luke has his own company, which is um, a financial PR agency, which has branches now in Britain and New York, and he's a very, very busy workaholic man. Can he manage his mother? 
He has issues with his mother. I mean, this is what the book is a lot about, is Luke having issues with his mother. Becky also having issues with the mother. Becky having issues with Luke. They're kind of going around in a bit of a triangle. And the whole wedding plot is actually really about Luke and his mother. It's about mothers. I mean, weddings are about mothers. And you've got Becky's mother in Britain, and you've got Luke's mother in New York both wanting very, very different things out of this wedding. But you can only have one wedding, can't you? Really, ideally. Ideally, you would do it once. Yes, this is the theory. In fact, that's the great thing, isn't it? You only do it once. This is why we all go completely berserk. Because it's like, well, I'm only going to do this once. I've got to have the best this and that and dress and champagne. Um, but in this book, it's a bit more complicated than that. Yes, because um, th there's kind of top-ranked family and less top-ranked family. There is, yeah. And, and Becky's family, they're kind of in, in the third or fourth division, really, aren't they? They are. I mean, bless them. They are lovely, lovely people. Um, but, you know, they're not driving around in their limos. Um, I mean, they have a great meeting when they've just announced the engagement. The two families get together and it really does not work. These are two very, very different kinds of families. And it's obvious from the start that it's not going to be one of these where the two mothers sit down and organise a nice jolly wedding together. They have very different ideas about what it should be. And poor old Becky is caught in the middle. Mm, and Eleanor wants, it, wants a glade. I mean, where, where is this glade? <laughs> Well, it's imported, of course, from Switzerland, as you know, as you always do for your weddings. I mean, this is this is a wedding to top all weddings. Um, I mean, I had such fun researching it. I went over to New York and I actually went to the Plaza Hotel and I actually went backstage to one of these glitzy New York weddings. And it's just like nothing you've ever seen. It's so lavish. It's so over the top. So I had a lot of fun creating the ultimate in lavish, dare I say it, tacky, Weddings. Yeah. When you got married, did you have a wedding cake? Yes. Was it a fruit cake? <laughs> it was a normal fruit cake. Aye, right. Because you have a scene here mm. where the, 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 the chef says, or the creator of the cake says, fruit cakes, that's just an English thing, you know. I mean, yeah. Come on, that's not serious. Yeah. No, it's completely true. I went to a cake studio in New York. A cake studio. A cute st oh yeah, they don't just have like cake shops, it's a studio, darling. And I tasted the most extraordinary cakes. I mean, they were just out of this world. They were layered, they had passion fruit, they had mango, anything you like, you can have. And they're not just three tiers, they're six tiers. They're kind of up to the ceiling, these things. It's true, it's all true. This is a really scary thing. And they can be any shape you like. They can be any shape. They literally can be a Louis Vuitton trunk. They can be um, a cigar box for the groom. Isn't it? I mean, they said to me, why don't, you know, some people have a separate cake for the groom in the shape of a cigar, a cigar box or a car or anything you like, you can have. This is New York. You get what you want. Mm, so were you kind of appalled when you saw it? Well, I was, I was gobsmacked, actually. I mean, it was great. It was great material. For the purposes of my book, it was like, I can't believe this really goes on. This is marvellous. But I did nearly fall off my chair when I asked a very, very top florist, except they don't call themselves florist, you know, floral designer, choreographer, whatever he called himself. And I said to him, so, you know, I've got my little notebook. So how much is the most anyone's ever spent on flowers? I mean, by flowers, they mean lighting, drapery, but, you know, basically flowers. And I was thinking, it's going to be, you know, 10,000, 20,000. And he just looked at me. He went, half a million dollars. And I literally, I didn't know what to say. I was like, all right, OK. And I thought, well, whatever I write, it's not going to be as OTT as the truth. Has Becky 
Basically, she, they're, they're, well, ex explain the nub of her problem, her, her conundrum. Her conundrum. Her conundrum is that, um, is that she wants to get married. She would love to get married at home in the back garden with a marquee in the church up the road and do that traditional British thing. She would also love to get married in New York in the plaza with 400 people all giving her presents from Tiffany, a dress to die for, a cake to die for, everything to die for, all footed by her future mother-in-law. Um, who her own mother hates. So the option of sort of getting them together is not possible. Um, and being Becky, I mean, this is the girl who used to throw her bank statements into a skip rather than look at them. She's always run away from problems. So when the both weddings start to get organised, instead of confronting the problem, she just lets it grow and grow and grow until she's just in this no way out situation. That's her problem. <laughs> How many books have you done featuring um, Becky now? Three. This is the third. Is this the last one? Oh God! It's. I thought it. I thought it might be. And when I actually wrote the final pages of this book, I was in tears because I was like, "Oh, I'm having to say goodbye to Becky. I love Becky so much, and I love Luke. I love all of them, all the characters. I've really got to know them." And I was thinking, "Oh, if this is the end, you know, it's really sad." Um, and although I'm having a bit of a break from her, I have a feeling I'm going to come back to her because she's kind of in me now. But she's basically an unmarried woman, isn't she? Yeah, well, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, her relationship with Luke, it does progress a lot over this book, actually. She grows up a lot. Um, I think she's quite different. At the end of this book, I think she's very different from the way she is at the beginning of the first book. She has grown up. When you started writing her, were you unmarried? No, I was married. I was casting my mind back. Oh, were you? <laughs> um, how much do you draw on your own experience? Have you ever bought up um, an antique thingy and tried to get it into the back of a cab? Uh, no, I mean, no. I've, I've, done some, I've done some stupid things. I have tried to... I did once actually carry a double bed mattress the length of the North End Road. <laughs> and that did sort of pop into my mind when, I, when that scene about trying to stuff a cocktail cabinet into a New York taxi cab came into, into it. Um, I don't know, there are bits and pieces, but I mean, everything Becky does is so far out that actually we get beyond real life. I mean, this book in particular, her problem, I've never known anyone to have this problem. I think only Becky Bloomwood could have that problem. Shopaholic Ties the Knot is the latest from Sophie Kinsella. Sophie, thank you. Thank you. Well, it was the latest when that author interview was recorded. And interestingly, the audiobook of Shopaholic Ties the Knot is due for release on September the 1st, 2023.